Hey, it's Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. The military can't invest in cannabis or they could lose their job and benefits. Mississippi courts uphold a life sentence for one and a half ounces of weed. Florida State's cannabis regulators are acting a bit shady. We've got all that and more, so get ready. The marijuana industry is constantly changing with new laws, rules, and regulations. And whether you're working in the field or investing in it, you need to know what's happening. We keep you up to date by bringing you the latest information on the marijuana industry. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. Recently, there's been instructions for federal employees that not only can they not use marijuana under any circumstances, not even medical usage on their off time, but they can't even invest in it. Federal documentation has clarified that they may not invest directly into any cannabis companies. They also may not invest into EFTs or mutual funds that are focused on cannabis. They can, however, invest in mutual funds or EFTs that cover a variety of industries, and they won't be punished if cannabis happens to fall into one of these. The individuals who are affected include people who work directly for the federal government or have a job that requires federal security clearance, or anyone who serves in the military. According to Clearance Jobs, a network for professionals with federal security clearance, the level of your investment and your knowledge of the investment are both major factors. And in regards to owning a mutual fund that happens to invest in marijuana stocks, the site says, unless you're personally selecting those stocks, clearance holders likely do not need to be concerned. The White House held an internal executive branch presentation recently, which stated that job eligibility may be negatively impacted if an individual knowingly and directly invests in stocks or business ventures that specifically pertain to marijuana growers and retailers. Their reasoning was that willingly investing in such companies could show questionable judgment and an unwillingness to comply with laws. For those in roles within the federal government, It's important to remember that your finances can be evaluated at any time, not just when you're first hired. According to Military.com, clearances now undergo continuous evaluation, so your ownership of such stocks may pop up and raise a big red flag at any time. Their article even suggests that you could lose your clearance and your job. So there is a good chance that federal laws will be changing in the near future, But for now, unfortunately, federal employees and the military need to be careful and stay out of cannabis investing. The Mississippi Supreme Court has upheld a life sentence for marijuana possession. The high court ruled that it was not a violation of the Eighth Amendment and it was in line with state statutes. The man in the case, Alan Russell, was sentenced to life without parole in 2019 after he was found guilty of being in possession of 43.71 grams of marijuana which is roughly around one and a half ounces. Normally, this type of conviction would have carried up to a three-year sentence, but because he was considered a habitual offender, the state rules required an enhanced life sentence, and that's what the high court upheld. The defendant had previously been convicted of two separate charges of house burglary and one charge of being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. Mississippi Code required the judge to give him a life sentence on this, his latest conviction. Russell tried to appeal that sentence to the Mississippi Court of Appeals, and they deadlocked 5-5 on a ruling last year. The Supreme Court then agreed to hear the case as a result. And in a split decision, six justices affirmed the trial court's ruling, saying that Russell received the only sentence available. The justices noted that the arrest came while law enforcement was attempting to serve another drug-related warrant on Russell, as well as execute a search warrant on his premises. 
and they also noted that chemical gas had to be deployed to obtain Russell's surrender. Russell, though, argued that the courts have tossed out life sentences for habitual offenders before, including in the case of Jerry Helm, where the U.S. Supreme Court agreed with an appeals court that his life sentence was prohibited under the Eighth Amendment. But local justices say Russell's case can't compare to Helm's, in part because Helm was involved in nonviolent offenses while Russell was considered a violent offender. The dissenting justices questioned the violence aspect of his prior charges, and they also pointed to the state's recent legalization of marijuana. They wrote, Pursuant to the bill creating the program, the difference going forward between going to jail for possessing two and a half ounces of marijuana and owning it legally would be a prescription. The state of Florida is being sued for allegedly not following its own state laws on cannabis. A lawsuit just filed alleges that the state cannabis regulators approved a cannabis investment firms owning more licenses than are allowed under state law, and that they've failed to provide public records. In Canada, where the company was based, an Ontario Superior Court of Justice approved a proposal for the cannabis investment firm Gotham Green to take control of Ianthus in 2020, after Ianthus defaulted on a loan. Their proposal, however, does require regulatory approvals from the United States. And Florida's medical marijuana laws prohibit an individual or an entity from directly or indirectly having an ownership stake of greater than 5% in more than one medical marijuana license. Florida's Office of Medical Marijuana Use granted an exception to Gotham Green and allowed it to own more than 5% of two state-licensed medical marijuana companies, MedMen and Ianthus. Investor Michael Weiser, a plaintiff in the suit, said, This is such a blatant violation of the regulations, it's unbelievable. Patient advocates who are also plaintiffs in the suit are concerned that there's an effort to consolidate and limit the number of opportunities that patients have to obtain different types of products. In other words, monopolies. The second part of their lawsuit is that the state regulators failed to provide public records. Weiser's been trying to obtain documents through public records requests concerning this exception granted to Gotham Green. Weiser said the regulators not been forthcoming in producing the relevant documents, but they did provide a redacted report from a third-party consulting firm. That redacted draft report found that the proposed recapitalization structure for Ianthus does not appear to meet the requirements of the Florida statute. Stephen Menton, an attorney for the plaintiffs, said in an interview that it's highly unusual for a state agency to preemptively edit or obscure information from public records by redacting it. He said, typically, a company must submit a request in court to validate a trade secret claim in order for information to be redacted. But in this case, it seems the state regulators made their own determination to obscure information from public record. Menton said that some of the other documents that the agency provided as part of the records request were several pages long and completely redacted. He added, we don't even know what the document is. When asked for comment, Florida's Office of Medical Marijuana Use said, the department does not comment on any pending litigation. The plaintiff's lawsuit's hoping to force the department to provide all the unredacted documents that they're seeking through public record requests. They're also asking the court to invalidate the exception given for Gotham Green and acknowledge that that approval exceeded their regulatory authority. All across the country, it's becoming a strong concern that large cannabis corporations are monopolizing the industry. And right now, there's a similar situation with Ianthus that was just granted in Massachusetts as well. Plaintiff Weiser said, We think they're in clear violation of the regulations in Massachusetts, too. A new study on the effects of topical cannabis has been published by the University of the Free State and the South African Institute of Dermatology, both in Bloemfontein, South Africa. 
the researchers wanted to explore the results of topical usage of cannabis-based extracts to see if it could be used as a safer and more effective alternative to the usage of other topical corticosteroids that are treating skin disorders. Their results were positive. They found that topically applied cannabis does have an anti-inflammatory, anti-itching, analgesic, wound healing, and anti-proliferative effects on the skin, meaning it can stop some disorders from growing. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's Healthy Kids Colorado survey found that marijuana use among youths has steadily declined over the last few years. The result showed that young people were 35% less likely to use cannabis in 2021 than in prior years. Colorado is one of the first states to legalize marijuana for adult use, and so data on underage consumption has been a focal point for both advocates and opponents of reform. Advocates say that the survey data over time, going back to 2013, shows how regulating access for adults minimizes the risk for adolescent cannabis use. Paul Armentano, who's the deputy director of Normal, told Marijuana Moment, These findings ought to reassure lawmakers and others that cannabis access for adults can be regulated in ways that do not inadvertently impact young people's habits. Another interesting point from that study was that youth's access to cannabis has gone down. Far fewer young people reported being able to find and access cannabis after state legalization and regulation than before when it was an unregulated market. Another notable point was that there's an increase in youth's awareness of cannabis use risks. Colorado's former governor, who currently serves as a U.S. Democratic senator for Colorado, John Hickenlooper, was initially opposed to Colorado legalizing cannabis. He said, A big focus for me was I was so nervous about kids, but I think we've proven and demonstrated that there is no increase in experimentation among teenagers. There is no change in frequency of use, no change in driving while high. All of the things that we are most worried about didn't come to pass. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates and follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later.